Hey peeps, this is Fernie, your resident psychic, medium, and spiritual teacher, and you're listening to Fernie Unfiltered, where we dive into topics that enlighten, inform, and entertain the soul. I really wanted to share this next stage um, or part of my life with you all um, where I am going to be working towards becoming more of a a live channel uh, than simply just doing uh, psychic sensing work and also mediumship. I'm still going to do those things, but I wanted to share what I'm working on and what I'm working towards because I think you may also find some of my... um, some of my own experience and also the path that I'm on, you might find it interesting and it might help you make more sense of what you might be going through yourself. Um, So something that is going on in my life right now is I am working on becoming an active uh, channel, a channeler, I guess you can call it that. And uh, I'm going to be working with uh, higher energy. Specifically, I'm going to be working on channeling Aja. Uh, Aja is my soul's name. And I believe every single person um, has a soul. We're all spiritual beings, right? We're all physical, physical uh, shells that hold spiritual, a spiritual being within it. Um, but our spiritual beings are all part of a kind of a um, core group, which I call the soul. So there's a soul, which is basically my, um, the network that I'm a part of. So for example, like let's, let's, let's use my phone as an example, because I think that would help you all to kind of grasp the idea around this, because it's kind of a complex idea. But when you think of your phone, you know, we all go through phones throughout our lifetimes, our cell phones, our smartphones. Um, and even though you may go through different smartphones, you may still be using the, the same number, but you've got different, um, different, uh, phones. So you go through different phones and you, 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 you know, stuff changes with every single phone. Each phone has different capacities. Each phone will have different stuff saved on onto it. And usually all links back up to the cloud anyways, because now everybody's doing cloud, um, networking or cloud saving storage. So think of my, myself, I am my phone. So think of me as like my iPhone, um, and the spirit, the individual that is within me, that's my cell phone number. So it doesn't really matter, you know, whatever's going on. I still am Fernie, no matter what's going on in my life, no matter what happens in my bot with my body, I'm still Fernie. I'm still the spiritual personality of Fernie. And, um, whenever I am doing mediumship work, I'm essentially channeling, I'm connecting with other people's cell phones and I'm bringing through information that links up to that particular uh, device and all the information and the data and the memories that it's gone through. So um, we each are like phone numbers and we may go through different phone ph- phones in, in a lifetime, but we're still the same spirit, right? We're still the same spiritual being. Then you think, and then you think of the cloud and of the network that we're on. For me, it's AT&T, right? Because I use AT&T with my service. So it doesn't really matter what phone I have. I can change numbers, but it's still going to be using the same the same service is still going to be using the same network, which is AT&T. So the soul is AT&T. So the soul is the part of us that basically coordinates between the different numbers and that, that are used by the different devices that we all have. And my soul's name, the network that my soul is, is Aja. That's the name of, of my network, my soul. And I am one number within that network but my soul has had has has actively has many other numbers still in work it's still they're still being used they're still there and so all the lifetimes that i've ever lived all the different um uh experiences that have occurred in all of the different lifetimes that are linked back to my soul. That's all connected to the same network. They're all linked to the same network. And so all of that information is cloud stored. So my soul has access to all the information, understands everything from the perspective of each individual phone and each number and what they've all, you know, every number that they've called, every experience that they've, that they've um, gone through, every picture that's been taken, every video that's been. So it's the same thing with us. Our soul is like this, 
service that collects all this information from all the different lifetimes. So every memory that I've ever had, every experience, every emotion, every lesson I've ever learned, it's all being used and it's all being held by the soul, the network. And my soul is... has this like storehouse of knowledge of information at our disposal. I have always wanted to connect to those higher realms, to that higher aspect of myself. I think it all started with my, um, me reading many lives, many masters by Brian Weiss, because in that story, um, he puts this woman through a hypnosis process. And as she goes through hypnosis, she begins to revert back to before she was who she was in that lifetime. And then she goes to this higher realm and she begins to communicate on behalf of these people or these energies called the masters. Um, And they're like, just, they're kind of like a hierarchy. It's on higher, higher beings that are on a much higher vibrational level, energetic level than we are here in spiritual form. And my soul is on that level, right? So all of our souls are on that level. That's why we call them the masters because they have accumulated so much knowledge and they are, they're wise beyond, um, beyond comprehension. I have been wanting to connect with that higher part of myself for a very long time. And through the work that I've done with psychic sensing and client work through the mediumship work that I've done, where I'm connecting with spirits and channeling information from them, not directly, but just through the engagement, that mental telepathic engagement with them. I've been just so intrigued and so fascinated by how much I'm learning, just having those conversations every time I'm doing a session with those spiritual beings. And every single time that I learn something new, it just awakens within me even more of a resounding truth that I know is there. It's, it's almost like, it's like, it's, it's a feeling when you hear something that is authentic or that there's a basis in truth uh, to it, then I, you feel it and it resides within you. It's almost like a bell that rings within your being. And for me, having those experiences where I've seen others channel and bring through higher energies and higher beings has been quite a, um, a revelation for me. Um, I, many years ago, back when I was, and I never really got into channeling um, in the earlier days. For me, mediumship was the highest level of this that I wanted to do. So, you know, doing psychic readings and mediumship, that was it. That's all I really was interested in. But as time progressed and my abilities got better and stronger and more refined, I found myself being able to connect with those higher energies and bring through information that was quite fascinating. And it was happening in little spurts and little bits and pieces. And then it began to take on shape and form and it became much clearer for me. Uh, And I was able to apply more understanding and I was able to grasp it fully. Then I started to experience other channelers. Like I, I got, I got onto the Abraham Hicks and law of attraction train And I saw what Esther Hicks was doing with Abraham and I was like, wow, that's really fascinating. And when you first hear channeling, it's kind of awkward and weird. And it's a little like, you don't know what to make of it because it's just so out there and it's so different from what we think is normal that it's, you're not sure how to react or how to, how to. Um, make sense of it in the beginning. And that's what I, my, that's what my experience was. And I've had, I've had other people tell me that they had the same experience. They didn't really know what to make of channeling, but they still found it fascinating. And the information that was coming forward um, was pretty remarkable. And then I began to explore and discover other channelers as well. I heard about um, Ramtha and Ramtha was another channeler uh, channeled through a Jay-Z Knight. Um, and then there was also um, Neil Donald Walsh. And if you've ever heard or read uh, the Conversations with God books, those are pretty fascinating in itself because he doesn't necessarily call this other being anything other than just God. He believes it's God, so that's what he's calling it. So he's having this dialogue with this higher vibrational being and the information that came forward in that book was amazing and for those of you who've never read conversations with 
with God, it's an absolute must for people who want to take their spiritual progression and growth much more seriously. It is one of the number one books to read when you're wanting to evolve and grow. And there's a lot of stuff in there. Um, and some people think Conversations with God is about like a, like a religious book or it's something religious or Catholic or Christian. No, no, no. It has nothing to do with religion. This is a spiritual book where it's information channeling coming through this person, Neil Donald Walsh, and he's channeling this higher being which he believes is God, but it's, it, it resounds with you. So when you hear the information, you just, you know, it's real, you know, it's authentic and it's coming from a place of, 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 of truth and, and authenticity. Um, so there's a bunch of different other channelers and I've, I've seen that a lot of the material, a lot of the spiritual material that we have encountered over the last 30, 40 years has come through channelers, has come through people who were able to channel higher vibrational information through beings that were supposedly otherworldly. In some instances, it's, you know, a person just like you and I, it's a, it's a human format. In other instances, it's just energy. In other instances, people think it's God. So there's no real like structure. It's more of an idea. In other instances, some people say that they are channeling um, information from other um, beings from other planets or other dimensions. So it just just depends people channel angels it just depends on what the person is connecting with um for me my connection and my my in my ability to connect with those higher vibrational forms has come through aja my soul um, and my my connection to aja began a while ago, actually several years ago, I had a experience where I was having these internal conversations and it wasn't vocal. It was all in my head. It was telepathic, but it felt very similar to when I'm doing mediumship, except it was less symbolic and less emotional. And it was more informational. It was more conversational. Like there were words and sentences coming through very clearly. And it was a lot different than just channeling from a mediumship perspective. When I'm channeling, and connecting with a, a spirit being who's been here, you know, one of your loved ones who's passed away, it's different. It just doesn't use the same process. Channeling nausea is a whole different ball game. And I started off with just me having questions and wondering about stuff and writing that down and writing down my questions. And I'd have these questions in my mind. And then after um, a short period of time and with some experiences, the answer would kind of formulate in my mind. And then I would write it out, I'll write it all out. And then it became less delayed where I would have the question and then the answer would come back almost instantaneously. And when I moved here to Santa Fe, um, you know, I take walks every single day. It just got stronger and stronger and stronger. And every time I'd go for walks, I would be in this contemplative mindset and I'd have these questions and the answer would just formulate in my mind almost immediately after I would ask the question. And I would have to take my phone and start to like type out everything that I was getting because I wanted to share this with everybody else. Um, and it, it, it's not something that I was... 100% looking forward, like looking to do, I wasn't trying to do this in my career or in my um, work, but naturally I'm being drawn and pulled more in the direction of this. And I think I understand why now. I think that there's more to come through this process and I'm going to be able to help a lot more people if I just go with it and stop fighting it because the pull is getting stronger and stronger. And I only feel myself more and more and more needing and wanting to do this work. And I'm glad that I have had enough experience researching and learning about other channelers because it's helping me to understand that not every channel is the same, that everybody's going to have the same experience, that everyone is going to develop in the same way. Every channel is going to be different. Uh, with Aja, it started off very telepathic and, you know, having those thoughts and those ideas and the answers formulating my mind and me writing it all down. And then it became kind of a journal journalistic process where I was writing out the questions and then writing down the answer. And I, I still have my journal. I have my Aja journal where I, I I'm writing stuff down because I'm having this um, conversation with Aja and I'm using it to to basically form the basis of a book because I want to be able to use this to put it out there and to share with people so that they can have the same information. They can have access to all of that as well. It's not just for me. I think it's for everybody else as well. And for me, I, my job is just to kind of go with it and just to surrender to the process, I think, at this point. So when Aja showed up for me, um, the first time I encountered Aja, and Aja isn't a 
like individual, Aja is a, a culmination of individuals or of energies. So if we were going to take all of my spirits, all of the lifetimes I've lived and all of the different various forms and spiritual and spiritual beings connected to each lifetime, you bring all that together and you have a collection there. There's a collection. It's almost like a library. Well, Aja is the representation of that library. And it's, I'm finding out that every person's soul has a name and every person's soul's name usually has a symbolic basis for the name. Um, Abraham, I, when I when I looked up um, Esther Hicks and Abraham, there are some very the name Abraham in itself is very symbolic and you know dates back to um, I want to say it dates back to um, back into the days when um, the two Hebrew times and also I think I even saw that in Babylonian texts as well the name Abraham, but some of these names are ancient and they are symbolically representative of something. Um, for me, Aja. I was in the middle of typing out like a question and then the answer came in and I was typing that out as well. And then I was like, you know what? I want to directly, I want to directly get, get clarity from this thing as to what this is, who this is. Cause I didn't know this was earlier on in my development in my communication with Aja. And I didn't know who Aja was. I just had a feeling that Aja was like a higher energy or higher vibration or higher being. I just didn't know who Aja was for me. And so as I began to explore this and I began to ask questions, more and more and more information was coming through. And I asked them for a name. I said, can you give me a name? And the name that I got back was Aja, A-S-H-A. And I didn't know that name. I never really heard that name before. I mean, I've heard other names that sounded similar, but they weren't Aja. So I didn't know who Aja was. So I was like, okay, who the hell is Aja? So I looked it up online. And actually, I want to share that with you because that's that's pretty interesting in itself. And let me let me go over to that because I want to, I want to 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 give you that that uh, piece. I'm I'll pull it up my phone here. But um, I asked Aja for a name, and I was like, "Give me your name. I want to know who what to call you by." And the, the name I got was Aja. So then I go online and I start looking up that name because I'm like, "Okay, what does this name have any specific meaning? Is there a, a symbolic representation?" I'd never heard it. Um, and I was at the time that I asked this, I was sitting down on the couch. My partner and I, we were watching an episode of this uh, show called Transparent and um, we were watching the show. I wasn't really paying attention just because um, I was busy typing stuff out, but I was still watching the show as well. And um, so the word Aja is, um, the name is commonly associated with the Sanskrit, uh, Sanskrit Aja, meaning wish, desire, and hope. It is also from a Swahili word meaning life. Aja is also related to the Arabic Aisha, meaning alive, and the Hebrew Asher, meaning happy. Um, and so there's also um, a goddess by the name, um, uh, I think her name is Ajra, um, A-S-H-R-A, I believe. So it's, there's only one letter difference between Aja and Ajra. But there's an old, she was apparently the first female goddess in existence. She's like the first goddess. So, you know, when you think of like the gods, they gave them names. And the first goddess, the first feminine part of God was Ajra uh, or Ashtar. I think it's Ajra or Ashtar, but I think it's Ajra. I think I believe it's Ashra. Um, so I was really, um, so, so I looked this up and I was like, well, this is interesting. And um, but I sat there with my laptop in my lap and the name, I typed out the name A-S-H-A and I was sitting there. I was like, okay. And I was trying to look it up. And then as I'm, as that's happening on the TV, on the show that we're watching, the, 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 the story, um, in that episode, cause there's several, several episodes and we were catching up cause we hadn't seen a bunch of episodes. So in the episode we were watching, there's a woman and she is in Israel and she's trying to connect with her roots and she's trying to find who she is and she's trying to understand who she is um, because she's been kind of lost for a while. So she is walking in this open, I guess, like grass, grassy area um, kind of reminds me of here in, in Santa Fe in the in the New Mexico desert. Um, it's a grassy area. There's some trees. It's kind of a, a more arid, drier landscape. 
And this black woman steps out from behind a tree and she's walking and she sees this black woman and she says, okay, who, who are you? And she says, who am I? She says, I'm Ashtar. And she gives the name of this female goddess. And she says, okay, well, why are you here? And she's like, I'm here because you asked me for my help and I'm here to guide you and to help you find yourself and to remember some. And so it it goes into this whole storyline, but I had, I, I, when that happened, I took the remote because I was like, at that point I was like, what the hell is like, it felt like the twilight zone. It was like, what is going on here? And I took the, 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 the Roku uh, remote and I paused it and I look at my partner, Ed, and I'm like, did did you just catch that he's like yeah i caught that and he says that's very similar almost identical to the name that's on your laptop and i've been seeing you sitting with that name typed out for like the last 20 minutes so i thought that was really weird that you've been sitting there with that name and then here we are watching this episode we've never seen before don't know anything about this and then this goddess shows up with this name so that was in itself that was a huge synchronicity for me because Whenever I am on the right path to understanding information, the universe is going to synchronize me to the information to give me the truth as closely as I can get to it. Um, And for me, when this was going on, I needed validation. I love validation. I mean, who doesn't need validation? When you're working towards something or you need the universe to tell you, yes, that's correct, or yes, you're close, or yes, that's you're warm, you're hot, you're hot. Like, you need the validation. And I always ask for validation from the universe. The universe knows this. We're we're like already on the same level there. So as soon as this happened and I got that validation, for me, I, I ran with it. I was like, okay, cool. I know I'm on the right track. I know this is accurate. I know that this is my truth. And I need to work with this and I need to deal with this. So that's when I first really met Aja in a in some form of identifiable structure by that name. Since then, I have continued on with these conversations with Aja. And with these conversations, I have been constantly working on building and building and building the form of communication between the two of us. So it's not just me asking a question in my head and getting the answer, but also trying to get comfortable enough that I can at some point channel where I will allow Aja to use my faculties, my body, my mouth, my vocal cords, and communicate through me. And that's that's been this, the progressive stage I've been working towards. When I got here to Santa Fe, I began looking for a regressionist because I remember the book by Brian Weiss, uh, Many Lives, Many Masters. And when he puts this woman, Catherine, through um, hypnosis, at some point, the masters take over and begin to communicate through her. So I thought, well, hell, if this is possible, and there's tons of channelers out there who are doing this work and have amazing uh, results coming forward, then let me give this a shot. Let me give this a try. I already have some sort of dialogue going with Aja when we're having our mental connect, so I might as well get comfortable in doing it live. So when I got here, I looked for a um, hypnotherapist or a regressionist to work with me because I needed to get some training and coaching through the process. It's not like we all know what to do. And even though I'm, uh, I, I believe I am incredible and my, you know, my, the proof is in the pudding, but I feel like I'm a pretty damn good psychic and a medium, but I want to, I want to be a good channeler. I just don't want to be this flimsy floppy channeler. I want to be a really good refined channeler. And it's going to take practice. It's going to take time. I'm not expecting miracles overnight, but, um, I was looking for a regressionist and I found someone here emailed her, reached out to her. And she was not in, she was in, not in New Mexico at the time. She's like, she was in Florida. She goes there every summer. She said, I'll be back in New Mexico around this time of the year. I'll connect with you. And then we can start working on, um, on what you're wanting to work on. I'm like, cool. Um, I never heard back from her. And so I waited a few months and then I reached back out to her, never heard back from her. So I said, okay, I'm not going to fight it. Um, I, this is something I'm, I really want to do. I know I need to do this. This is me fulfilling my work and my passion, fulfilling my purpose. This is not the person that's going to be the best fit for me then, because if I'm reaching out and I'm trying, I am trying, I'm doing the work, but it's not happening. So I have to take that as a clue from the universe. You're on the right track. This is just not the person that's going to help you while you're on your path. So I said, okay. So I gave up trying to connect with that um, regressionist. And I said, I'm just going to put it out there. The universe knows who would be a best fit for me. I'm going to put it out there and let myself just kind of like line up with the right person. Um, That way I can get the help that I need or someone who has enough experience that can help me with this process. I let it go, right? 
put it out there, let it go. And I think this was in like, um, I think this was in like August or September when I just let it go. Fast forward, I get invited to a Christmas party um, for some friends here in New Mexico. And uh, I, I went last year, Was I had so much fun. I went this year and I go and as I go and I start, um, I arrive, I there's a bunch of new people I've never met before. So I'm, of course I'm anxious and I'm nervous because whenever I'm in any kind of an environment like that where there are a bunch of new people and I don't know who they are and a majority of the people that are at these events are usually older. I mean, this is like the, the 50, 60 plus club. So these are people who are already have established lives and have, you know, there, some of them are retired. So they've gone through, you know, a lot of experiences, very wise, um, incredibly intelligent. Most of them very, uh, for me, it's uncomfortable <laughs> because I don't always, um, identify with people who have a college education. I don't always identify with people who have come from the Northeast because I don't have the experiences that they have. I don't have the the background that they have. A lot of these are, you know, um, people who have, uh, they were like rocket scientists and they were uh, therapists and counselors and all that other stuff. So very, very, um, um, educated group of people. And I don't always feel comfortable when I'm around a lot of, um, people who, who have those kinds of backgrounds because I didn't go to college. I am, you know, I got out of high school. I think I took one year of, of, of community college and then I dropped out and then, you know, I went on and just started working for Starbucks and then that now I'm here, you know, self-made business person. But for me, it's still, it's out of my norm. It's out of my comfort zone, but I, I push myself anyways. I throw myself into those situations because it doesn't matter whether I'm going to be comfortable or not. There's something that I can gain from the interactions. It's always happened. So I you know went to the party, um, got there, was trying to get my bearings, um, connected with my friends who, who home this was went over, started putting food, um, the food that I was bringing uh, onto the potluck uh, table. And uh, I'm sitting there, I'm trying to get some food for myself. And a person comes up to me, this old, uh, older gentleman comes up to me and he starts talking to me. And we just strike up a conversation. And as we strike up a conversation, it's just random conversation. But then his wife feels the need to come over and want to talk to me as well. So she walks up and starts talking and, and getting involved in the conversation. And the conversation just took a whole different turn and went in a whole nother direction. Direction. And um, uh, turns out that um, he is a therapist. He's a he's a psychiatrist or psychologist, uh, a counselor. And uh, she is a um, she's also a therapist, but she is a regressionist and hypnotherapist. Um, she used to she used to be a dancer in New York. She had her own studio for many years, um, and then she moved to the West Coast. She went to to San Francisco. They lived in San Francisco for a few years, and uh, she I think had um, a career out there doing something else. And then she got into yoga and began practicing yoga and became a a, a yoga instructor, a meditation instructor, etc. And then from there she she be, she got into the work that she does now, which is hypnosis and um, um, therapist and also, um, regression work, et cetera. So I was like, Oh my God. So as soon as she told me and I was like, you're the one I'm supposed to meet, like you're the one that I'm supposed to connect with. And she said, what? And I said, yeah. And so we started having a conversation and I told her how I'd been wanting to get with a regressionist. And I had one in Houston, Melanie Harrell, amazing regressionist. Um, and I had been wanting to get, uh, one, um, locally, um, if I was going to need to do some, you know, if I was going to have to be in person for the session, which I don't know, I realize now I don't actually have to be in person for the session, but, but I didn't know any better. Right. But, um, I connected with her and we both had an interesting story. Um, I remember, I, I remember a frac a piece of a past life where, um, back when the U S government was basically taking over these areas of these territories, they were creating a lot of atrocities with the native cultures here and the communities here. And they just, it was just, they were destroying, um, it all. And in that lifetime, I remember being this person who led a, like, group of military um, people here. And we just, we killed a lot of people. And in that lifetime, I, I just, I was responsible for a lot of atrocities. Now that's all I remembered. And the reason why I felt such a, I, I felt, so when I came back here, I felt like coming back here and this happened in a conversation with a client. She said, why are you moving to Santa Fe? Cause people were wanting to know, like, why are you moving? And I said, I'm moving because 
And and when she asked me that, I responded. I didn't even think about it. I just said, I I moved here because I have to make amends for what I did. And when I said that, like I got teary eyed and I got like emotional and I'm like, what the hell am I talking about? Like, I have no idea. I just felt pulled to this place. I didn't really know why. I, I knew that there would be more spiritual growth for me here, but I didn't understand the, the background behind it. I just felt the need to move here. But I, I did feel that there was possibly a past life connection. So when I was having this conversation with this client um, and I told her that I didn't, I got emotional after the call. I was like, Oh my God, like I didn't, I didn't even realize it was that deep. And this is why I'm here to, to make up for what has been lost, to bring in spirituality into the world bring back some of the spirituality and the connection to ourselves and to the universe and to the earth um, that was lost when I, you know, what helped to wipe out some of these communities of natives. Um, so for me, it was, it, it, there is a much deeper reasoning for it, but in that lifetime, I believed I was part of this, you know, military, uh, this, these uh, military officers and I was leading them. Um, I kept thinking of Custer cause when I was thinking about it, I kept thinking of like general Custer and part of those military, uh, uh um, operations that were in the area. And so when, so I, 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 this was something I had thought, um, and I had mentioned to her, I was talking to uh, Savani. This is my, my, the name of my therapist. And, um, I was telling, I, I didn't say any of this to her. I was just telling her, I felt like I'd come back here because I had a past life that I needed to work, that I needed to resolve. And there was karma that I was paying off basically, but there was something here for me that I needed to explore and needed to work through. So I felt there was a past life link, but also current lifetime and future lifetimes that I was going to be um, using this, the energy of this place for. And so um, that's all I said. I didn't say anything about Custer or about any of the past atrocities, et cetera. And she said that the reason why she moved here, she felt that she also had a past life here where she was part of the natives. She was a native um, living in the territory and she was a, uh, a warrior and they were basically pillaging and killing as often as possible. Some of the, um, some of the um, communities that were establishing themselves here that were from either um, the U S or from Spain, et cetera, because there were, you know, before um, this was owned by the United States, States, this was um, uh, Spanish territory. And then before that, it was uh, another, I think it was something else as well. But um, she felt that she had a past life and she was a warrior and she had killed a lot of people, a lot of innocent people as well. And she felt that she was here um, to make amends and to bring spirit to kind of reconnect with that spiritual aspect of things as well. So when she said that, but she was on the, she was on the native side, I was like, Oh my God. And I just like immediately like the connection and the resonance there was just like intense. And I was like, now I know I'm supposed to work with you because if we were on opposite sides in this past life and we caused so much pain and harm, then now we're back together and but we're on the same side and we're working in the direction of spiritual growth and bringing information into the world so i really be, do feel this profound connection to savani because i feel that um she is going to be helping me she is helping me to connect with that deeper part of myself and she's helping me to to understand my my um channeling opportunities or my channeling like uh techniques etc so i've been working with her for several weeks now and we're working through this um, and I think I have the process and I think and in the next few weeks and months I'm going to be putting together a series where I'm going to have a moderator uh, it's a friend of mine who is going to act like a moderator he's going to be just the question person and he's going to ask um, Aja who I now have shown that I can channel live Aja. He's going to ask Aja questions about everything and anything to do with spirituality and humankind, et cetera. Um, but I have Suvani to thank for this because she's initiated the process and she's helping me work through a lot of deep stuff to make this possible. Um, in this last session with her, which just was just a few days ago, I, um, wanted to connect with Aja and I wanted to get clarity from Aja. And there were some questions there that I wanted to know. I wanted to know what I was supposed to do with Aja, how far I was supposed to take it. Um, what can I do to amplify or to increase the communication? Um, I also asked who Aja was for me 
and what I'm what I'm working towards or what what is what is coming from all this. And um, so Suvani put me into a light trance state, took me into um, this inner world. She calls it the inner world, which is the part of our the part of us that is within, um, but is reflected in symbolism. So it's almost like a dream state within your own mind, but it's it, there's a lot of symbolism to it. And because I'm so used to mentally focusing on symbols and signs and things because of the mediumship work that I do, it was a pretty easy process for me to go into trance. So she got me into trance and I connected with Aja. And at some point, Aja actually just began speaking through me instead of to me. Um, And that was exciting. And that was cool because that's the first time that's really, really happened um, for me. I've been able to channel here and there a little bit for other people, but it's been their guides or it's been their higher selves. It hasn't really been Aja. For me, this is almost like the first real complete Aja experience I've had where I'm at channeling live with Aja and Aja speaking through me. So I want to share that experience with you all. And I'm going to include this here um, in the podcast. So I want you to listen in everything that we uh, spoke about. There was a lot of symbolism, a lot of uh, different components, a lot of different aspects to it. But essentially what Aja has told me is that there is no limit to how I'm supposed to work with Aja. Um, I'm supposed to go as far as I can go and not limit myself. I'm supposed to use love as a way to amplify my connection with Aja. And I am going to be helping and assisting with work with others who are also going to be amplifying their connection to source and and raising their vibes and bringing clarity to the world and bringing, you know, knowledge and understanding to others' lives. So I'm supposed to help with that process. And I'm going through kind of a, a, a purification period in my life as a person, as Fernie, I'm going through this purification experience um, because this is part of the initiation for me to be able to do this work. So I'm going to share that with you now. And it's really exciting. Not only that, but also um, next week I have a special guest on my podcast. I'm going to have Paul Selig, who is a world-renowned channeler, and he's been featured on many programs. He's been featured on OWN and on different magazines. Um, He's been featured on several different programs and television shows and news broadcasts. Um, He's got several books out, and I'm going to be interviewing him for my podcast next week. So I'm pretty excited about that. But I feel like this is just the beginning of this next stage in my life. And I'm kind of excited and I'm a little nervous. I'm a little freaked out, but not freaked out in a bad way. Freaked out like, 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 let's go, let's go, let's go. But I don't want to like rush it because I don't want to miss something that's important. But that's where I'm at. And what better way to kick off my um, series with Aja that um, I'm going to be bringing forward within the next few weeks and months um, than to have an amazing conversation with a world-renowned and very well-established channeler. Um, So I'm looking forward to that, but I hope you guys enjoy the channeling session um, that I'm about to play for you guys. It's like a 20-minute conversation, and Suvani is facilitating the session, um, and her job is just simply to stand back and let the communication happen, but then if there's a question that needs to be asked to help me while I'm in there, um, so be it. But it starts off with me being on the top of a cliff in this visualization process where she's helping me to get into this right mindset. So you're going to hear me communicating as Fernie. And then at some point, once I'm in this inner space and I connect with Aja, Aja will take over and there will be a conversation with Aja. And then it'll bounce back to me and then bounce back to Aja. And then you'll hear Savani pop in there every few um, moments. So I hope you guys enjoy. And I can't wait for you guys to hear the session. I feel like the sun the sun is so much larger than what normally would look like in person and I feel like there's a hand coming out of the sun reaching for me. Mm-hmm. And it's as if it's waiting for me to lift off or to let go of the physical mountain and just to just to allow myself to get drawn to it. Mhm. To a hand reaching out from this ball of light, this ball of light looking like a sun, calling you, calling you to it, to maybe leave your body or dimension. Mm, yes. Move. Yeah. Okay. So uh, you might take a moment and just check in and ask uh, who the, what this energy is, this energy that's reaching out. It's hand to you. 
Is this the energy of your higher self reaching out to you? Just can inquire about that. I can see a face coming from it. So as the arm stretches out, I can see almost a face and it looks like my face, but it's much larger. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like a larger version of myself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So take a few moments and, and maybe just allow yourself to kind of meet this energy and see what it is that it has reach it's reaching to you so it has something to give to you something mm. to share with you and what that might be i i feel like i'm being pulled in almost like in a circular way kind of like i feel like i'm lifting off off of this mountaintop and i'm starting to spin in the circular motion of this light and the larger me is almost incorporated in this. So I feel like I'm swirling in this energy. Mm. So you're starting to lift off and you're joining this energy and a feeling of swirling in this light. Yes. Mm. Beautiful. So just to continue and, and see what unfolds from here. What does this light have for you? What does it want to share with you? Mm. It's, it's focusing on my heart and it's, it's showing me these spots in my heart where my heart has these dark spots, like the darkness is represented in energy and emotion. And it feels like it's trying to wash or cleanse my heart of these spots. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you're noticing that there are dark spots in your heart may have to do with the emotional energies. Yes. And this light is there to want to help you to heal and to clear this. Yes. These dark spots. Yeah. So maybe just taking a little time here, allowing that light to do its work for you. Just opening to receive. Now I'm seeing a clam shell on the beach, like an oyster shell. <laughs> and it's opening and there's a pearl inside. So you're seeing a clam shell on the beach with a beautiful pearl inside. It's very, the pearl is very reflective and I can almost see my, my own reflection in the pearl. Mm. What does this pearl represent for you? Pureness of spirit. Mm. Pureness of spirit. So you see yourself reflected in this beautiful pearl. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's a voice speaking, but I'm not seeing someone represented by the voice. I'm only hearing the voice speaking. Are you, are you able to hear what it's saying to you? Yes, yes. Yeah. Just it, it has taken many it has taken many attempts to achieve this level of connection. I feel like I'm at the beach and there's an ocean next to this pearl and the voice is talking still. It's almost directing me to the ocean and it says that we are all, this is us. 
We are all here. We are all one. This is us. And it has taken much effort to allow me for the capacity to see myself, to be able to do this. Mm. There are other energies or beings coming out of the water, but they're not coming towards me. They're just simply like they're evolving out of water, almost like water beings. But as they begin to walk out of the water onto the beach, it's, it's as if they become pure light. Mm. So they're light beings coming out of the water and they're walking towards, I don't know where they're walking to. It almost feels like they're being directed by an inner sense of, like an inner push. It's like they're not necessarily conscious of how they are coming out of the water or where they're going. They just feel a pull to do this. Do they have something to communicate with you? They're not talking to me. Mm -hmm. the, the, the being that has been speaking is the only one that will speak to me. Okay. I am careful in selecting what you are experiencing. I do not wish to push you further than you are capable of. Patience. Patience. The structure of your form is essential in our work together. I am not identifiable by structure, but by source. We are not separate. We are one. We have never been separate. You have simply forgotten what we are, what we all are. Thank you for acknowledging us. Is. Do you want to ask them who they are? Who this voice is? Yes. We are aspects of source. We are echoes of the divine. We all reflect ongoing ripples of creation. I am known to you as Aja, but that is not my name. That is simply what you can understand.
is what allows you to comprehend the significance of our being. We are in fact many as you have understood it. The idea of separation is very limiting. Prevents you from fully embodying that which we are in physical form. The incarnation cycle is changing. You do not have much to do here beyond this lifetime on this world. There are more adventures for us. As, as I'm hearing that, I'm seeing a star on a tree, kind of like a Christmas star. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's brilliant. It's really, really beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's almost, it's odd because I'm seeing the Christmas tree and star image, but I also feel like a happy birthday. Mm. So it's like the, the presents under the tree are gifts for a celebratory event of like a birthday, not Christmas. Mm. Whose birthday is this? Mine. Mm-hmm. Genesis is the beginning of the expansion, not of the limitation of us. There, there is limitation in our comprehension of our existence. It appeals to the physical format, not the being that is source. Hmm. I feel like I've been lit on fire. I feel like I'm in, inside of a fireball, but it doesn't burn, it doesn't hurt, it almost feels soothing. Mm -hmm. It feels more cleansing than the ocean, if that makes any sense. Yes, yes. To, you're in it right now. Mm -hmm. mm. Destiny is not the will. Destiny is the embarking of further expansion. Is this your destiny? It's all our destiny. Mm -hmm. Okay. We are with you. There is no limitation to our continued work. Exceed your limitations. There's nothing to fear from us. 
what you cannot control you fear. Love is a trigger for us. Embrace it and you will know us more. Is there anything else you want to ask them directly? Mm. I almost feel a lack of intention. Mm -hmm. Like I'm just there, but there's no intentional effort to do anything. We work within you. We work with you. We are beyond the angelic realm, but we have been mistaken as such in your limited understanding. When you surrender an aspect of the self for the purpose of others, you magnify our communication and our ability to construct communication processes that will reach infinity. We are not limited to you. We belong to all. I'm seeing another sun above the, the water. And there's a dragon flying out of the sun now. It's blowing fire across all of the water. But instead of it drying up, it's almost producing smaller versions of the beans that were stepping forward earlier. <laughs> distinguish the difference between us. We vary in format, in cause, in communication, but essentially we are all the same. You will encounter us in the variations of those who express that which we bring forth but we are all the same. They're kind of pointing me back to the area that is opposite from the ocean. 
but it's like I can't even see what's beyond that. But they're saying there's more there. I just can't see mm. it. And they're saying that I should move purposefully in that direction. This is my work. This is the path that I'm supposed to walk on. I asked why I couldn't see it. They said it will reveal itself when I am prepared and able to accommodate what I will see, what I will experience, what I will encounter. I'm coming back to my body. Mm -hmm. Right, right before that, I felt almost a sense of my body and my mind, my, my physical face moving. And I felt kind of a sense of a loss, almost a subtle loss of control of my face and my mouth and my body, but it was so subtle, but it was just a subtle loss of control. And then I felt reconnected to my body. Mm -hmm. It's all dark now. I'm not seeing anything. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, then like, share, and review my show on your favorite podcast listening platform. You can also follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and for more information about myself and the work that I do, check out my website at www.fernandomarone.com. Till next time, kiddos, and be sure to have yourselves a namaste.